When you first got to the varsity football team at Travis, was there somebody that kicked your butt or was there a welcome to varsity moment for you? Oh, man, um, not really. I, like, we were a brand new school um, at Fort Bend ISD, so we had to play JV for two years. So I think a lot of us had came from Austin and Travis, I mean, Austin and Bush. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of us would have had opportunities to be on varsity probably sophomore, junior seasons. Um, so I, I think we were just so hungry and chopping at the bit to to get that varsity field, to get on that field. We did our spring football game our, at, at the end of our junior years at uh, Mercer Stadium. So I think we were all just so hungry to get on the field. Um, we opened the season with Morton Ranch. Um, they, had two, they had two dynamic players in uh, Joe Mitchell and Michael Vinson. Uh, Joe Mitchell ended up uh, playing at Oklahoma State. He was their quarterback. Um, so – I mean, it was it was it was a it was a good game. We ended up losing only by three, um, but then I thought I think everybody was just so hungry and so ready to be on varsity, and we put in all this work and bonded together for three years. It was the same guys for three years. We were all together, and then we finally got that chance to play varsity. So I think we just we took it and ran with it, and and people picked us. Uh, they doubted us. We, they picked us to finish, you know, last in the district as the new school, and you know we ended up you know, having an amazing season and finishing second behind Hightower who played for a state championship that year. So, um, you know, it was exciting, man. And so I wouldn't really say we just had that one moment or I had that one moment where we just met somebody that was just like, oh, wow. I think <laughs> we were just so over playing JV that it was like, let's go. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy Alright, welcome to another brand new episode of the Team Player Podcast This is episode number 33 This dude's a legend in my book I, I remember watching him, and, and th this is the kind of guy When you walk away from the stadium, you, you remember his name Because he was making plays all over the field He is now the defensive coordinator at Cy Springs High School Let's welcome Zane Brown to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I was excited to be on. I mean, saw a couple episodes, and it's kind of a neat little thing you're doing. And, you know, I remember you and, and obviously your brother, uh, who was also a Travis High School alumni. So it's good to be on the show. No, nah, man, the, the pleasure is all mine, Coach. And, you know, if you're a part of this team player movement, we're growing this thing. You know, we're growing it organically. I'm a one-man show. I don't have a marketing team. It's, it's just me here <laughs> sending out my tweets and, 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 and publicizing it. So just – but I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. A lot of coaches are telling me, hey, Kobo, we like what you're doing. Keep it going. So just just keep spreading it. <clears throat> Tell somebody, awesome. you know, retweet, share, or give us that five-star review. If you haven't done that already, it takes 10 seconds. That helps more. It helps us pop up in more searches so more people outside of our network can find this show and hear stories like Coach Brown's story, which uh, is a great one that I can't wait to dive into. You can hit the follow button uh, to subscribe, and that way 
every Sunday at 2 p.m. you're going to get a new episode in your queue. And that's what I like to do for all my favorite podcasts. And then I'm your host. I'm James Kovaleski. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter, and you, I'll give you all the updates on what's going on with Team Player Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. Yeah, Coach, I mean, you, you had a unique experience where you didn't have the older guy that maybe – welcomed you to varsity you know a lot of times people tell the story hey you know i made varsity as a sophomore there was a senior that just stuck me in the first you know inside or inside mm-hmm. run segment you know you you were you were the big dog <laughs> the entire yeah, time over there travis so that's kind of interesting coach because i've been a part of that um as a coach at ridgepoint i opened up a new school mm-hmm. and so I, i've had a lot of coaches come on a lot of them talk about the positives of being at a new school, about setting the culture and this that and the other but there's there's sometimes some negatives too like maybe not having uh, all the equipment that you need, or maybe, you know, we saw a little bit of this. Our first class, they were just young kids. You know, they they mm-hmm. weren't the man at their old school, like you talked about at Austin or Bush. So they, they had to learn to become the big man on campus. So sometimes there's a little bit of growing pains there. So I'm just curious, your memory at Travis, like what was it like being that that first class and that first team? Oh, I mean, and like you said, it, there were so many positives and, and there yeah. were also some, you know, little you know, negatives that went along with it. I, I think I just remember, you know, freshman year, I'm at Bush, we're playing. We had a pretty solid team mm-hmm. um, that year. And then, boom, they're like, hey, Travis is opening up. We, you know, I had an older brother who was at Bush. So I had the option to stay at Bush or go to Travis. Um so I, I knew some of my buddies and some of my friends were, were going to Travis. So I was like, I, you know, I kind of want to go to Travis with them um, instead of staying at Bush. So I ended up going to Travis. But I remember that spring, Coach Cunningham, uh, Coach Roberson, Coach Rich, the coordinators, they started coming over yeah. and started doing, you know, talking with us, getting to meet them, doing installs. And we're doing the first half of summer workouts we were doing at Bush. So we had to go around them and their times and we were doing our summer workouts at Bush because Travis wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was an experience in itself, you know, just kind of sharing those facilities and, and getting our workouts in around their workouts. And then the second half of the summer, our stuff was ready. We kind of got to see our facilities and be in there, but it was, it was a, it was a, a very, I, I think for me, it was really, it was really positive because the community just rallied around the entire a school man like that that waterside pecan grove is like a little community and it just they they rallied around our athletic departments and and all of our sports and and everything that we were involved in and it just felt like it was like we were in a little small town at the time because you go out there now and there's like target and and heb all this stuff out there and that stuff wasn't there when it was just the the fields and, and the prison and then the high school yeah um so it, it, it was just it was just so much fun to be with a group of guys and yeah we didn't get to play varsity and some of us probably would have been on varsity at Austin or Bush right. and had you know two or three years and and so on the recruiting side it kind of that's where it kind of the downfall was is like well you didn't your name wasn't in the circuits your name wasn't out there because you sure. weren't playing the varsity nobody's really looking at the JV film um, but just as far as like brotherhood and just being together man like those were some of the best years that, that, that I can remember because we were all together. We were always doing everything together. And, and they treated us like we were a varsity football team from the time we got there until our first varsity season. So everything we did was 
varsity, like every two of back when you could do two a days, even the JV years, we did two a days like a varsity team. So it was just, man, so many stories, so many memories um, that I could go on and on about Travis. It was just such a great place. Um, I'm glad I made the decision to go there um, because for me, it was just a, a place that grew me and changed me. And I had so many great coaches there. Um, that are part of my journey that I could just, you know, speak volumes on. So it, it, to me, it was, I, I would do it over again. If I had to do it over again, I would do the same thing. Um, and then when we finally got to that varsity season, you're talking about 40 to 50 kids that are just hungry to be on varsity. And all we talked about was playing on Friday night. And, and, and literally everything we prepped for led up to that one season. And it was, it was, a, it was an amazing season uh, that we had. Yeah, man. So, so many memories coming back, man. I was lucky when I was, I was coaching at Clements at the time I was coaching freshmen. So I didn't have to mm -hmm. face your little buzzsaw. Of a team. <laughs> That's the thing. You got, you got dudes that should be playing, you know, they, you could, you would have been on varsity at Bush, no doubt sophomore year. Oh, so, yeah. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So like, you know, it's hard whenever, you know, Clements JV rolls up in there and you got dudes like yourself and all, all of them, yeah. you know, the Moncure and Bynum and all the Thurman, all those dudes that, you know, it's hard to play That's a, a JV, a you know, a true JV team, you know, to walk into that. And I remember hearing stories uh, from my Clements buddies that like, yeah, after the game, they shot off fireworks, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like you said, it felt like a varsity game. You know, they were treating them like varsity. That. Yeah. You know, it's that. so funny this, how cyclical it is, coach. Like when I was at Ridgepoint, we did the same thing. We had to work out at Hightower for summer for summer workouts. Same exact thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was at Austin. I just had my twenty year uh, twenty year reunion for Austin High School. Wow, I nice. saw from the other side where the class behind me they went off to Bush. You know, we lost some we lost some of our teammates, uh, guys like George Chukwu, another great you know D tackle that was with us at Austin. Mm -hmm. and he finished at Bush, ended up playing at Rice. You know, but I, I kind of got to see that where you know Bush took some Austin kids, and you were kind of on the other end where, where you were leaving. And mm -hmm. I, I will dig more into that because I'm so interested in your dynamic whenever you, you got to play Bush and Austin on varsity. I can't I want to hear those stories. But let's 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 go way back. Let's go way back to where it all started. <laughs> I was kind of surprised at this. My eyebrow went up when I when I read this. You were you were born in Storm Lake, Iowa. I would have never picked that yeah. in a million years. You grew up in Iowa until the first grade and then you moved to Houston. So you consider yourself a Houstonian. Uh, but do you, yeah. do you have any recollection of Iowa? What, what was your Iowa experience? Like? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, I do. I, I do have a lot of memories and, and recollection of Iowa. Um, so my, my dad's originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And my mom, my mom's side of the family is from Iowa. Yeah. Um, so my dad uh, got to go play college ball in Iowa, a little small NIA school. Uh, yeah, I think it was called Morningside. I got recruited uh, by Morningside. I know exactly Morningside College. So, yeah. that, that's, <laughs> that's, what, right. that's what my Small dad world again. His, that's where yeah. he went and played his college ball. Yeah. And he met my mom there. And, uh, you know, the rest of the day, you know, he, he ended up getting hurt and then went into the military. Um, so we lived in Iowa for for quite a few years. To, obviously, until I was in first grade. But I, I have, you know, I have memories of driving to grandma's house and, you know, grandma had this old, old, old school, two story built house, you know, built by built by family's hands. And it was on a big old hill in a small town mm -hmm. called Quimby, Iowa. And it just, you know, a lot of good memories there, you know, just playing in the backyard, I had a big old backyard. We used to, you know, I know back you know, back in the day used to have the wagon, the red wagons with the handles. We'd go to the top of the hill and then we'd get in the wagon and just roll down and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of good memories there. You know, we stayed with, 
we stayed with grandma and grandpa when mom and dad came down mm -hmm. uh, looking for jobs in Houston. So I definitely remember, you know, that time it was a couple months at a time and we were just with grandma and grandpa at the house. So you know, I have a lot of memories of, of Iowa. And then obviously moving down to Houston first grade, you know, that was kind of a shock, you know, your bigger city, more things to do yep. um, down here in the South. And then um, my dad goes, you want, you guys want to play football? And, um, so we kind of got in the football and played for, um, played for the A-Leaf Steelers. Okay. Um, yeah. over that, down over at Fun Stadium. So, you know, that, that was, those, those were a lot of good times too, right there, man. Like the, the, we were in the black and gold and, yeah. And we were after it. So I originally started off as an offensive lineman though. So the, 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 how I got introduced to defense was we were, I got selected for the All Star game. Uh huh. We're, we're playing a team, and uh, I guess uh, somehow I was on offense, and I was thinking it up. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking it up, and so in the second half, I'm kind of standing on the sidelines, and, and uh, my dad and a couple other guys that were coaches for us, they're like, "Hey, let's just try my defensive line." So I go on defense line, and you know, I kind of get some havoc and make some plays, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna keep this guy D line for the for the rest of his career." So that's kind of how I got on the defensive side of the ball man it, it is crazy because like i said describing the way you played you were not the, the typical d lineman you weren't the dude like eating up double teams and then you know which is i love those kinds of d linemen you need those to win football mm -hmm. games. yeah you were the dude that like i was hearing your name probably the most and you don't see that <laughs> a lot you know where yeah. an interior lineman is probably i don't have your stats but I, I would imagine you may have led that team in tackles it was honestly like i, I said you know I, I was typing up my show notes and i feel like after a game where Zane Brown played, that public address announcer is going to remember your name because he had to say it so much. I mean, it, it, I All remember right. Zane Brown on the tackle, Zane Brown on the tackle. And so you kind of remind me, and I know this is high praise, and I mean, I know because to me this is the best play in the NFL, but like it's kind of like an Aaron Donald. You, you, you weren't just guy eating up space. I mean, you were penetrating. Right. You're making plays, splitting double teams, and wrecking havoc, like you said. So what? how would you describe the way that you played? What was your approach to playing defensive line for Travis? So, so before I jump on that, funny story. Yeah. Um, the Aaron Donald thing. So I've yeah. gotten I've gotten a ton of comments. Okay. Um, since he's been like arrived on the league, so the scene that like, oh damn, you look like Aaron Donald. I'm sitting at Chili's one day eating. Guy walks, a waiter comes up, like, you look like Aaron Donald. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not Aaron Donald, but I appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, it's funny that you brought that you brought that up and and said yeah. that because I've gotten those. I've gotten those comments a few times, but just, just the, you know, my dad was a defensive lineman. And, and so I learned a lot of the game from him and it was just, you know, a lot of the technique and playing with your hands and getting off blocks and, and just being able to, to, to penetrate and slant and move and, and get in the backfield. And so we, we were a three, four mm -hmm. at Travis. Um, so I played the nose guard position, but I, you know, I wasn't, you know, the guy that just wanted to stand there and hold up guys. I, I, I like shooting the gaps and, and cutting off the zones and, and, and the stretches, you know, back there, everybody's running stretch and, and power and stuff. And, and I just, I just took pride in trying to get penetration, get in the backfield, make plays. And, you know, it, to me, it was like a competition thing. It was like, like let's, who can go make the most plays? Like I'm not going to let these linebackers make more plays than me. So. Yeah. You um, sure. Yeah, you did. And that's where I couldn't remember. I thought you were the nose guard. But then I started second guessing myself because, like, man, he made so many tackles. Maybe he was playing the four tech, you know. But like that, I just know because we played a three four defense at Ridgepoint. It is so hard for a nose guard 
to, to mm-hmm. make the plays that you did because they're getting double teamed, you know? And, right. that, that, and it, so it really, really blows my mind, man. Just, just so impressive that, that the way that you, you kind of revolutionized, honestly speaking, <laughs> those guard <laughs> position there for that time at Travis. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. I, I had good coaches. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, coach uh, Guzman was my defensive line coach. Yeah. Um, really good guy. Um, then coach Andre Roberson was our defensive coordinator. So, you know, I was I was blessed to be around some good coaches that that kind of helped me, you know, develop my game as well. Um, and then just you know the competitions that we had at practice every day, you know, going against the same guys for three years, and you know you, you're they're pushing you, you're pushing them. Um, so my junior year, I did play the four tech. They moved me to That's, the four tech okay. my junior year, yeah. And um, I, I wasn't really feeling it. I, I just felt like I was too far away from the ball, and yeah. You know, uh, so I told I told uh, Coach Robertson, I was like, hey, I don't want to play nose. Cause I played nose yeah. sophomore year. They moved me to Forte my junior year to, you know, I guess they wanted to see yeah. how that was going to go. And then my, I told him, I was like, I, I'm I'm too far away from the ball. Yeah. I want to be right over the ball so I can go make sure. plays. And so they, <laughs> they made the switch back and it worked out. Oh, man, that that's that's so awesome. And, you know, I, I think back. And I don't know if you can disclose this. Cause I don't know if it's a secret or whatever, but like, I know, you know, you know, Marshall's got the BMF bus moving fast. It's kind of their deal. I remember LOD for the Travis defense. I know my brother's playing. They were still doing LOD. I don't know if you can reveal what that stands for. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm assuming it stands for Legion of doom. The nineties kid in me thinks it's Legion of doom, you know, in the era of big, you know, uh, the Legion of doom animal and Hawk. Right. So right. Ace Payton, mm-hmm. the big old shoulder pads, the spikes on them and fighting against demolition, which is my favorite tag team. But, uh, is that accurate or can you say that, what, what, what LOD stand that, for? That's a hundred percent accurate. That's, that's what it was. It was, the, w, it. was the WWF thing, the Legion of doom, you know, oh, I love Coach it. Goodman put the, Coach Guzman had the shoulder pads on one time and oh, that's you know, awesome. we're, we're, we're breaking <laughs> out everything on LOD. And, and it was, it was, it was awesome. We all had, a, we took it and ran with it and had, had a good time with it. So that was a hundred percent what it meant. Oh man. that That's so cool. I'm so glad to finally get that clarified. I think I was asking my brother and he played on the team, but he was on offense. He's like, I don't really know. You know, they kind of just, that's their thing, yeah. you know? So <laughs> yeah. yep, LOD baby. So yeah, we had great, t-shirts. Great stuff. That, we yeah. had some shirts that had LOD on them and stuff. So it was good stuff. So the thing that I want to ask you, you know, if we go back to episode seven, the Ben Moran episode, he was someone that was at Tomball High School. And then similar to you, they opened Tomball Memorial and he went off and was part of the first graduating class there. His ex- his experience was only different in that you played varsity as seniors. He They had to go in as juniors. So they, they had no right. they, they played their first varsity season with no seniors. He said it was a positive. You know, he felt like. That was a good thing because, they, you know, even though they got their teeth kicked in a little bit that first year, everybody was coming back, you know, and they felt that kind of optimism. Mm-hmm. Brett Sniffen, uh, the former head coach at Ridgepoint, episode 14, he 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 kind of feels the other way. At Ridgepoint, you know, we had the same thing you did where we started with seniors. And, yes, it was a sacrifice for, for y'all to kind of lose those years of varsity play. But Coach Sniffen believes it's better to start with seniors, and he just feels like that's the way to go. So I've got, I've got two of my team player alums with kind of differing opinions. I want you to settle the score for me, break this tie. What, do you, what you've kind of, you know, you've been around it. You, you, you experienced coming into seniors. What do you, what do you think is better? What, what uh, if you were an athletic director, how would you structure or how would you try to structure it uh, in the first parts uh, of the season? I think, man, that's, that's a tough question. Cause you know, like I, I understand both sides. Yeah. Um, I just think it, I honestly, I think it just depends on the perspective that you're looking at. Like if I'm a, if I'm a head coach, athletic director, I'm I'm probably gonna want to lean on more towards the the 
the let's get the senior. So that let's let's I want the guys to be older, more mature. They're sure. ready for it. They're, we've we built it. We've built them slowly. We've got them ready. Now let's go compete. But I mean, from the athlete athlete's perspective, you know that going and playing yeah. your junior year, getting to play on varsity. You know, you might get your, you might get beat up, you might lose a bunch of games, but you get that experience, and then you, come, everybody comes back the next year. Um, so it's just, it's definitely twofold. But to settle the score, I would, I would say that you know, doing it the way we did at Travis was, was probably the best for us and the best way to do it, because um, we, we just had that, we had so much time to just build the foundation of the program what it was, what it meant to be a Travis Tiger, what it mm-hmm. meant to do it the Travis way. And w- then when our senior year came, we were so hungry. Like we, we were starving and hungry to play on varsity that I think it trumped be- getting beat, it, beat up your whole junior year. Sure. So I, I, I would, I would say that, you know, I would agree with coach sniffing, like take that route. Let's, let's, let's build them up for two years and then let's unleash them for one year their senior year and so now i also want to talk about the dynamic of you know ben described kind of that that first year against tomball i mean tomball bullied them i mean it it was it was a bullying when they only had juniors and there was a lot of social media kind of talk going on the week leading up Uh to it and i'm curious for you when you had to leave behind your teammates at bush and you you kind of have that situation where we know which kids are going to go to travis next year and you start breaking Mm -hmm. off into separate off season and this that and the other what was that like? What, what I'm curious, was it, was there kind of an animosity or was there like, Hey brother, wish you the best of luck. Like what, what was, what was the feeling whenever the kids knew who was going to stay at Bush and who was going to go to Travis? Yes. Uh, so like at first, I don't think, you know, thinking back, I don't, I don't think there was so too much like raw, raw riff, like riff. I think it was like, Hey, like these guys are going to Travis. These guys are staying at Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of separated each other. We didn't really do anything more with them in the off season stuff. You know, it was to the point where sometimes when our coaches weren't coming over, you know, they would just kind of give us a ball and say, hey, y'all can y'all can go yeah. throw the ball around. You know, we're doing our offseason workout. Uh, but I think once you finally got over there and we started getting going and you started getting into your sophomore year where you're playing, yeah. and some of those guys that you were playing with on freshman team are now on varsity, and you're going through and you're playing a sophomore yeah. JV schedule. Sure. And now it's like, hey, man, like, just wait. Just wait, yeah. you know. You're telling them just wait. You know, when we play y'all, it's like we're gonna we're gonna get after y'all. Yeah. You know, so I think that's when the the talking started. But you know, at back you know we didn't have all that social. Media yeah, stuff. sure. <laughs> even, even you know, I'm not that old. But even when I was in high school, we didn't we you know right. It was my, it was you know MySpace and Facebook was just kind of getting started. So then we didn't have all the Twitter and the Instagram and the, the TikTok and all that stuff. So. You know, it was more so you, you're seeing the guy, you see him around town. You see him when you go play, you know, you're playing pickup football on the weekends and you're seeing mm-hmm. your old Bush buddies. And, and that's kind of when the, the, the jaw jacking happens. Sure, sure. Okay. So now before we go, I want to save the football for last. I want to talk about that. I did not know this. You, you were also, uh, you're an all district baseball player for coach Jody Albright. I, I, I had no idea of that part. And you were district champs in baseball your senior year. So, talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I played baseball my entire life. Yeah. Um, I, I started playing baseball before I played football, so I've always loved baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a point where you know, growing up, I was like, you know, I, I want to go. You know, probably my freshman sophomore year ish, I really wanted to like, you know, 
have baseball take me um, to where I, you know, college and all this stuff. You know, I was really into baseball. I, you know, I played on a travel team in the summer. Um, so, you know, I ended up going to end up going to uh, Travis and, uh, you know, we had a really good crop of baseball talent at Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had, oh, man, we had some players. Yeah. We had Michael Warren yeah. uh, was a great, uh, you know, a really good outfielder for us. Yeah. Um, uh, Clay Tucker was, was probably one of the best short, one of the best shortstops in the Houston area. Absolutely. I mean, that kid, he should have been in the MLB. I mean, yeah. just watching him play, getting a chance to play with him and watch him do some things that he did. It was just, wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I played first base catcher in DH. Um, yeah. So my, uh, my junior, so baseball was opposite for us, unlike football. Right. So baseball, we got to play a varsity schedule our junior year. Yeah. So we played a varsity schedule our junior year and we took our lumps um, that year in baseball. And then our senior year, uh, our senior year, we we were got everybody coming back. Uh, we got Matt Hernandez uh, yeah. moved over yep. from Bush. Yeah, uh, he went he, he went to U of H and then yeah. and then got drafted by the Angels. He's a lefty, um, and I knew Matt. I knew Matt way before Bush because me and Matt grew up together in uh, West Oaks Little League. Yeah, uh, right over by George Bush Park, uh, just over the hill. So yep. me and Matt knew each other from Little League baseball and and all this stuff. So uh, we played a couple of uh, uh, travel team tournaments together so you know having Matt come over was it just added to our team and then Abel Flores was one of our pitchers who mm. ended up pitching at uh, Texas Southern um and then we had Jordan Camel was our catcher uh, he was really he was a dang good catcher for us yeah. um so we we had some we had some talent on our on our baseball team you know Alex Bynum uh, yeah. he played baseball as well he was our quarterback on the football team mm-hmm. so our senior our senior year we you know we we came out hot and yeah. uh you know the, the the time I knew we were going to be good is we played in our one of our early season tournaments and we're playing Bel Air and Bel Air's, you yep. know, one of the hottest baseball teams in this in this Houston area every year. Mm-hmm. We get in a tournament with them and you know in tournaments you only have a certain time limit. Well, we end up in a zero zero tie. Yeah. And then but we we got the nod for the win because we have when it gets to a tie like that they just who had the next furthest runner advance. Interesting. And so we had some okay. we had somebody reach third. They only had somebody reach second. So okay, as far as like tournament, sure, play, yeah, like yeah, we got yeah. The, we got the win off of a zero zero uh, tie. Um, so then you know that kind of opened our eyes and we're like, hey, like you know we can we can play this. And then uh, shoot, one of our another memory uh, early in the season is we we played a tournament at uh, we were at hey, where were we at Morton Ranch or or Houston Memorial somewhere, and the wind you know the wind was kind of blowing and. I just remember that's our, uh, that's when I hit my first home run of the season yeah. that year, and it just—I mean—it it took off over the left field wall, hit the top of the the portable that was out back, probably another ten feet past the, oh, yeah. Yeah. the thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, it was it was it was baseball. I used to love it, and and you know I still do, still watch it, and I'll still go to games with my dad. My dad's uh, actually a. A umpire for Tasso. He umps baseball every year. Wow, um, very cool. He's a, a, ta- a Tasso official. So, um, yeah, the man, baseball is, baseball is like near and dear to the heart. So our senior year, we end up going uh, to the playoffs, and we 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 came out hot, and then kind of faltered a little bit towards the end of the district season, mm-hmm. and ended up in a four way tie. Yeah. Um. So we had to either flip a coin for seating or play. 
And if you know, if you know anything about Jody Albright, right, <laughs> yes, I do. We weren't flipping a coin. Love it. Love <laughs> so, it. So um, I think all the other coaches wanted to just flip. Jody Albright didn't. So we end up doing the playing deal. We lose the first game. Can't remember to who. Then we go to this. Uh, we're playing at Clements. We lose the first game. Uh, then we go. Uh, we had to go to Hightower to play the second game. We end up losing the second game. So we end up with the four seed. Uh-huh. So then the first round, we had we drew Brazoswood, yeah. who won the state championship that right. year. Um, right. And one through nine, they're one through nine to just rake the ball. Um, so first game, we lose two to three. We have Matt on the mound. Yeah, I mean, pitched his heart out. We end up losing two to three. So second game, we got to go down to Brazoswood. So we make the trip, get down there. Um, first inning, Clay gets on. Okay, I hit a double down the line, score Clay. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody gets me to third, but then we get out. So, no, I know actually I do score. So, we're up 2-0, bottom first. I'm like, okay, let's go. Mm. Well, we got kind of a young pitcher on the mound. Mm-hmm. He was kind of feeling ill. Yeah. So, he still tried to, you know, push through it. Coach Albright had to take him out. We put another young kid in, and he was a sophomore in he just wasn't ready. His stuff was yeah. just – they hit it all over the park. Yeah. I think they scored like – I think they scored like 12 runs in the bottom of first. Oh, wow. And yeah. season was over. But yeah. it was it was a lot of lot of great memories and just so many good things we did. Uh, you know, being the first district champ team there and, you know, seeing guys like Clay and Matt and, you know, all those dudes play baseball and just getting to play with them. And so I ended up being the all-district uh, DH that year. Um, my senior year, I did I DH'd a lot. And then I'd play first base whenever um, we had a pitcher, one of the pitchers like Matt or Abel who could actually hit. Mm-hmm. So I'd play first when they pitched. And then when anybody else pitched, I'd DH. So, yeah, man, so many great memories from that. Cause that was some great baseball at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. the names you mentioned, Jody Albright was, was at Ridgepoint with me. So I definitely know yeah. Jody. So that, that story, man, I love it. That, that <laughs> checks out, man. And uh, it's funny, the names I put on my show notes, I was like, did you play with, uh, you know, Michael Warren and, and play Tucker? Those, those, were, those are the two that popped into my head. And it's awesome that those yeah. were the first, the first two. Because I remember the next year, like when my brother got to varsity and Michael, uh, you know, became the quarterback, he was show-stopping, man. He was Oh, yes, I remember watch. that. I remember the highlights. He, you know, yes. he really just played quarter. It was maybe Johnny Manziel kind of like a compare, you know, he just had that uh-huh. like electric, just making, or Brett Favre, so, you know, just making like so unconventional plays. Funny story about, funny yeah. story about that with, with, with all of us older guys. Well, that for my class. So then the next year we see, we see all that flashy dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of give them, we kind of, you know, when we go back and work out and mess with the coaches, we kind of give them like, Hey, y'all didn't let us open up the offense like that. Like, you know, we were we were running twenty six power, yeah, twenty twenty seven power, and and that was you yeah. know they kind of started they opened it up a little bit, spread it out a little bit more. Let because I, I will stand on this, I, Alex Bynum could have been that same way. Sure, like Alex Alex had that they were same, similar, yeah, similar skill set for sure. But like, sure. Alex Alex was a like there was I mean our our junior year we we're playing Manville because yeah. us and Manville opened at the same time, right. So we played Manville, the two J. Uh, that was our first game. The first two years we were on JV because yeah. they didn't have a varsity either. Yeah. So we we played Manville twice. So I I can sit, stand on this claim. We played Manville twice. We're two and zero against Manville. Like I can wow. I can yeah. say that two and zero against Manville. You know, not many people yeah. can say, oh, we beat Manville twice. Sure. Um. So we played Manville, 
and it's like a third and whatever. And and Bynum's right there chasing for his life, almost falls down. You know, one of those put your hand on the ground, get back up, finds the guy in the end zone, throws a touchdown, and it's just like wow. So, you know, we kind of give the coaches and the, the younger players a little a little mess because we're like, oh, y'all got to open the offense up. We had to. You know, we get up in games and run fullback guys, you know, and it's just like, oh, come on. Like they yeah. want to, you know, they're being sportsmanship and stuff like that. So it was, we don't, it was that when you mentioned that, it's just funny that we yeah. would always talk about that with the younger players. Oh man, I, I love that. And, you know, just think about that baseball deal. Like Clay Tucker was the guy I mentioned, because I actually know him personally. He's married mm-hmm. to the sister of one of my best friends, you know, yeah. I was, we we're in each other's wedding. Yeah, Alexis, who was also mm-hmm. – Incredible so, uh, softball, a great player softball in her own player. Right. She was the ace <laughs> for the Travis yeah. Tigers, you know, softball, you know, team. So yeah, so Alexis and Clay, they're two, their two boys are gonna probably be phenomenal. Clay's actually at uh Clay's actually at Jersey Village. I was gonna talk about that. And that I we the just, funny story we just was saw each I, other on Monday. Yep, yeah, and I, I saw him at the beginning of this past season. It was for my my friend Albert's you know birthday party, Alexis's brother. And you know, Clay had gotten back from a long day of tournaments, and I was like, How are you gonna be this year, coach? I know you're you're pretty young, he's telling me he's young. He's like, Oh, you know. Yeah, we're all right. You know, we got a lot of things we can get better at. But I think we'll be okay. He, he kind of just Clay is so humble. He completely mm-hmm. downplayed it. Well, that son of a gun went out there and won the district, or you know, I don't know if playoffs. I think he won district. You know, and I was no, like, they, they won the di- they won it, the district. He got, right? celebra- like, he got celebrated at our coaches meeting. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that on social media. I was like, you son of a gun. You know, I I, I love him. I just love him. He's just so chill. Okay. Just such a good dude. Um, yeah, he he's he's a great guy, man. So I. I'm so glad you got mm-hmm. the you, you guys played together in that squad. Yeah. And then the other thing was, you know, talking about the Hernandezes, you know, uh, the youngest son, Josh, was like Josh. best friends with my brother, you know, and they played O-line together. So that, you know, Rodney Hernandez, a legendary coach in his own right from his time at uh-huh. Bush, you know, able to come over there to Travis and just so many great names there. And you talk about Clements. I think back to I was at Clements when you were having those wars with them and, you know, Herb Espinosa, the long time you know, yeah. baseball coach there, you know, and, and easy De Los Santos, you know, followed after him yeah, and coach you know, De Santos, yeah. you know, coach De Los Santos unfortunately passed away, Absolutely. you know, recently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, rest in peace easy, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, just so many great memories of that, you know, of baseball. So just, I'm really, uh, I didn't yeah, it was know. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that about you, man. I don't, I didn't remember that, but it's, it's kind of starting to come back to me now. Um, but let's go talk about football. This, this is where you made your money. You know, this is where your <laughs> bread was buttered, so to speak. Talk about Randy Cunningham. I know with my brother playing there, you know, I think my brother was a freshman when you were a senior. He made the varsity as a sophomore as a deep snapper. And I just remember him saying that class and character was was the mantra for, for Coach Cunningham. It was class and character was their big thing. Was that was that in place when you were there or, or did that happen after? That was that was in place day one. Day I one. mean, the Love first it. day we met them, they talked about class, character, yeah. um, you know, and we and we every Wednesday during the off season we had every Wednesday was character lesson. Yeah, we'd go into the auditorium, sit there, and that coach would, one coach would speak every week about one different character trait: respect, attitude, uh, discipline, and and then we'd go do competition after that. So, class and character was it was the forf- the forefront of everything we were doing. Yeah, no, no doubt there. And I remember Coach Cunningham, another connection. He was the OC at Kempner when I was playing high school football. So they mm-hmm. kind of came from that Kempner tree. And then I know he went off to Westfield, you know, with Coach Farmer. And I, I know they were at Westfield for a time and then, you know, made their way on to yeah. Travis. But, you know, mm-hmm. as yeah, far Coach, as – go ahead. Coach Farmer, Coach Rich, and Coach Cunningham were all at Westfield together. Yeah. And then they came over to Travis. And then Coach Roberson was at Kempner as well too. 
Okay. Um, as as well, I can't remember what year, but I I believe he might have been at Camden before he came to Travis. Um, but um, yeah. So those three came from Westfield, and they had went to like you know the regional the regional finals, state semifinals. So you know it was kind of cool having those guys come over, and they were part of a successful program and able to bring some of those things over. Well, as far as the players that I remember, you know, you talked about Alex Bynum, the quarterback. Um, even though you were a run first team, I remember Jake Cassell and Jake Wiersing. You really had a nice little set of receivers. That, and uh-huh. then when, when you did throw it, you, you're able to score. <laughs> you know, I, I have memories of, you know, Jake going up there and going and getting a ball in the end zone and stuff like that. So what was, uh, do you kind of remember those guys? Because Jake Cassell is someone that's actually a, kind of a neighbor of mine. And his dad is a big time, flag, huge in the flag football community and mm-hmm. I, I after i was done playing i played some flag football with him he's got a team called the storm all of his sons play in this flag football you know yeah. organization called storm and so just a great family first class family all the way so just any of your memories about that receiving core that you had to travis oh yeah i mean the both the jakes man those those, yeah. those are those are two really good guys um really great teammates uh selfless selfless players you know they did whatever they had to do for the team um, you know, just Jake was that goal. We're seeing was just that little slot receiver yeah. that was fast. I mean, he ran track. Yeah. Kid was, I mean, he was, he was dynamite, you know, in open space. If you get the ball, he could make some people miss. He was a punt returner for us. Um, so that, 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 that was some, some good, good receiving play. And, and Jake, Jake, Jake was that guy, you know, he was a, he was, he was a, some people, he was deceptive. Yeah, you know he was kind of taller, a little bit lankier and longer, and he was yeah. able to go get some of those jump balls. He was a basketball player as well. Yep. And uh, I just remember we played Elkins, the big Elkins game, uh, which kind of propelled us to win our zone that year. Yeah. That, that was the year the hurricane came, and we missed uh, we missed like two games, and then they put us in the zones like zone A, mm-hmm. zone B. Yep. And uh, we ended up winning our zone from beating Elkins, and it was a uh, we went forward on two, we scored a touchdown. Instead of tying it up, we we go for two, take the lead, and then uh, you know what uh, a gutsy call by Coach Cunningham Bynum there. Rolls out, Bynum yeah. rolls out, yeah. and then I'm, I just remember I'm on the sideline like, oh man, come on, come on! I'm thinking, you know, we gotta get this, gotta get this, and all of a sudden somehow he throws the ball and Jake's in the back end zone by himself. Yep, it. that's the memory I have. Yeah. And then we end up we end up winning the game. We actually get a pick six on the next ensuing drive. Uh, yeah. We pick off Dean uh, Brantley, and we end up scoring and actually open the lead up a little bit more. So we end up winning the game. And then the next day, we end up we got invited both to like uh, Friday football frenzy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, they actually took us down to like the TV station and sat there and were on TV and got the got the talk and everything. So that was cool. So but yeah, Jake, crazy. Yeah. Jake is Jake, the two Jakes, man, two great players. And then, you know, we had, two, we had two safeties that year. Uh, Denzel Billy was, he was in my Denzel class. Billy. He was a, yep. He was our, he was our free safety. And then Chad Moncure was our Moncure. strong safety. Yep. And, and, you know, Chad, you know, Chad in his own right, you know, he was coming up and he was a younger kid, but yeah, I mean, he, he got in there and battled with us. And then uh, at corner, we had another young guy, Ricardo Riascos. Oh yeah. Riascos. Uh, yep. My guy. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Um, you know, he grew up with me and Eagle. We're in the, we, we grew up in the same neighborhood. So, um, just being able to play with some of those guys, man, it was just, we had some good players. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And, and dude, hat tip to Coach Cunningham. So, he went for two instead of tying it. So, for a – you said – I mean, you, you described it as kind of conservative offense. That, that's a big – that's it was, a big, yeah. 
big roll you know, of the dice. We go for two and, and we get it and, and take the lead. And, and we were able to defensively get some more points on the board off the interception. So, so crazy, man. And again, it just, it's, it's just so funny how this stuff all intersects. Like our first year at Ridgepoint, the first time we played Elkins in a huge game at Hall Stadium, it was a Thursday night. It was on the cube. It was sold out at Hall Stadium. We beat them too and also got a pick six by Shiler Staten was our corner. That guy. So it's just funny how those things, I remember my brother, they were playing zones in his junior year. They got a huge win over Elkins to win the district championship. Uh, I remember that game. That Kelton, Kelton uh, Ryan went off that game. Kelton Ryan went. And you know what they did, Coach? You you said it. It was 26 power, 27 power, 26 power, 27 power. It did the same thing against Bush the week before. They'd come back to beat Bush to even get into that game. And at the end of the day, like they came from behind in both games and they just stuck with running power. <laughs> And it just eventually, because I remember my brother, you know, big old Carter wall, just mashing people down. And, you know, my brother would pull around in there. And it's just beautiful. It, that's one of the most beautiful things in football. And you're a defensive guy, so I don't know how you feel about it. But to me, it's just beautiful to watch a team run power and the defense just can't do anything about it. That was uh, pretty beautiful to watch for the Travis. And was, was that their first district championship? Yeah, that was the first so That was the first one, right? So it was just, uh, yeah, cool that he got to be, you know, a, a part of that. And, you know, just so many great memories uh, from that Travis squad. And now I want to go into a couple individual games. Like, I just remember when we met y'all at Clements. And, you know, we 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 were coming off a great season the year before, you know, I believe was the timeline. I think we, the year before was our 13-1 year. Derek's junior year. Yep, Derek's junior year. And then we come back, we lose quite a bit, almost all the team. But we still felt like Chris we had Lenore. that winning. What's it? Chris Lenore, you said? I lost Chris Lenore. Too. Lost Chris yeah, Lenore. Chris yeah, Lenore. yeah, that's a big <laughs> That's a big loss. And so we, but we still felt like we, you know, we had that winning mentality, but boy, we didn't have an answer for y'all that night. I mean, our, our big play, just like you had 26, 27 power for us is 18 pitch. And we tried to run pitch and for, get formations to get the edge and get the edge. And it was not happening. I just remember you had speed at outside linebacker. You had relentless pursuit from people like yourself. And we just couldn't piss a drop, so to speak, as, as coaches like to say, we just could not get it going against you guys. So, um, I do remember in that game, that was a coming out party for Ray Oppman, our star middle linebacker. He also had a great game. He probably had like 30, yeah. 20, 30 tackles that game against you guys right. as well. But uh, but just what do you, what do you remember? Remembers him too. The running back remembers Ray Oppman, you're saying? Even talk about Ray Oppman hitting him in the hole after that game like countless times. Oh, that, Ray Oppman, he came in there and popped me in the hole. <laughs> and, and, and you know what, Zane? And I, I will say, we lost that game. Y'all were the better team. But I think that performance from Ray Ottman that night might have been the best linebacking performance I've ever seen because he was just everywhere. And we weren't even the, a powerful team at that time. You know, we were kind of a little bit down, yeah. losing a lot of younger players up front and stuff. So he just was the man that night. But you, you guys took the picture. So any other memories you have from that particular game? Um, I, I, I would say just the the – the, our ability to, you know, keep guys out of the end zone, man. We did, yeah. we did a lot of good things. I, I just our defensive line was so was so good that year. Yeah. Um, we had we had some depth and and we had some uh, a couple other big guys. Like Spencer Work. Uh, oh was yeah. Another another. Yeah. No, he was one of our four techs, man. Yeah. Josh Green. Josh Green yep. was probably one of the first freakiest defensive linemen I have seen. Yeah. Um, you know this kid. I mean, one time we're maxing. He comes in there and throws up, you know, five whatever on squat like it's nothing. Yeah. Power planes three fifteen. Wow. Run ran like a four six forty. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like this this dude was he had he had some freakish ability. Uh, so yeah, I think it's he was just he just had trouble sometimes putting it all together on the field. Sure. But 
I mean, just us three in that three-man front, it was it was, it was was tough. And then, you know, outside linebackers, we had, you know, uh, Justin Crystal was one of our outside That's linebackers. Right. He was a fast. He was another track. He's fast, player. yeah. Fast, he could run. And then our other outside linebacker was Earl Smith. And he yep. was first year on varsity. And, you know, he, he, he didn't start for like the first uh, game or two. But then once we finally put him in the game, this – he just had a knack for the football. I just remember him having a knack for the football. Like he was always around the ball. I think he had like five interceptions that year, a couple of uh, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries. And, yeah. Um, you know, that front seven was, you know, and then Justin Thurman in the middle. And, yeah. And, and and Nathan McKay. Oh, you talk about – I don't know if you heard anything about Nathan McKay, but that, that guy right there was one great ball for anybody. Love it. And he, you know, he, he was that – he was one of those, you know, those guys you always have on your team. You have that one wild guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that moves. Uh, so that was McKay. Love so it. Sometimes we'd have to reel him in because he'd get some of those blocking the back penalties. On sure. McKay <laughs> <laughs> go clean somebody out, yes. huh? Yeah. <laughs> Coach Cunningham would be upset, but. Oh, man. So many, just a lot of good dudes and, and some good, really good players that were all together um, for a long time. Like, we all came up together and grew up together for two years, and then we finally got to put it all together for one year. And then I can't remember what was I can't remember the running back situation. Was was Kelton Ryan your running back or was it somebody else? Like so Kelton was on JV. Um the running back was Jamal Branch. Branch, that's right. Okay, Jamal uh, Branch. That's right. And, and then Jamal got hurt in the first game of the season, first or second game. Jamal got hurt. And then our the the running back after that, while Jamal was out, we had Sean O'Denny. Okay. Was our was our, was our uh, yeah? I do remember that now. Okay. He came in. He came in and ran. Uh, I think it was the Cle- I think it was the Clemens game. I think he ran for probably like hundred yards, and we were yeah. all like, you know, pumping him up because you know Sean got out there and ran for hundred yards, and we're like, yeah, what? yeah. So he did a good job, you know, holding it down, and then Jamal came back. So then they kind of they kind of split carries, and then uh, Denzel Billy played a, a little bit of running back as well. And then just, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the big boys up front, you know. And I, guys, I remember, I think Matt Kanata, you know, who's now a coach, a college football coach, Matt was your Kanata, center. Yeah. And I remember, of course, Carter Wall, I guess, was a young Carter Wall at that time, which is yeah. one of the greatest offensive linemen I've ever seen in high school football. My brother got the honor of playing alongside him. Um, Carter's such a nice guy. And the thing I love about Carter, one time I went, I was out late and I went to a club and Carter was the bouncer. And I didn't have the right apparel or whatever. He said, Kobo, go on in there. <laughs> he let me in. I wasn't, I think I wasn't wearing sandals. Or, yeah. you know? <laughs> but I just love, man, the big man took care of me and let me in there. But Carter Wall, awesome guy, incredibly athletic for a big guy. Great feet, man. Great athlete. But well, who are some of those linemen that we can give the, uh, we can give a shout out to? Oh, so uh, Carter Wall, uh, Matt Kanata is coaching at uh, Charlotte, right? Harden, Harden Simmons right now. Oh, he's at Harden Simmons. Okay, cool. He's in, he's back in Texas now. Yeah. Um, I think. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. He, Mary Harden Baylor. I think. Okay. Mary Harden Baylor. Um. So he's back in Texas coaching. Um. So he was the center. I was nose. We had a lot of battles yeah. every day in practice. Yeah. Um. You know, we had guys like uh, Madison Milner. Oh yeah, the uh, big guy. And, yep. Uh, Tanner Nail. Uh, Tanner Nail. The Nails. Oh yeah. Several good Nails came and through. <laughs> Carter was a sophomore. So Carter was a sophomore my senior year. Yeah. Up on varsity, and then we had. Uh, Another guy, Travis Mbachu, oh, was yeah. another offensive lineman. So, you know, we had – and then uh, uh, Matt, when he came over, Matt Hernandez, he played uh, tight end. That's right. Manchester. So, you Man. know, those, those guys, those those big boys up front moved the ball and kept the chain moving. You had a squad, man. So, okay. So we, 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 Clements, you got the dub. We, we established Elkins, you got the dub. 
There's two other games I got to ask about, though. Uh, you know, and I, I, so I guess you went undefeated and you lost to Hightower in the zone playoff. But I got to ask, let's let's start with let's start with Bush, you know, your old team. What was that game like? What was the lead up to that game? And then in the game or for people chirping at you? Or what, what was what, how did that game go for you? The lead up was awesome. The game would have been nice. <laughs> we didn't get to play. Oh, yeah, oh Bush. That, that was the hurricane. Oh wow! We didn't okay. get to play Bush because of the hurricane. That's the one game that we were also mad about. All yeah, Bush kids. we didn't get to play them. They were bumping their guns and yeah. they're talking about we would have done this, we would have done that, and then we go and go on our run and yeah. end up second in the district. And we're like, come on, y'all, y'all wouldn't. Have done so yeah, it's it's a what if now because we never got to play our junior year. We played them, and the funny story: our junior year we played them, and they brought down. Uh, like two or three kids that were in our class that mm-hmm. were varsity at the time, they brought them down and let them play in that game. Um, just because it was us, it was at, it was at our school, and we ended yeah. up beating them like 45 to I don't know, seven or something. I was going to say, this is not to throw shade at Bush, but Clements that year, we had a rough year. I think our one district win, I think it was against Bush in the last game or something. I believe. We beat Bush with one of our few wins uh, in that season. So I think you, I, I got to say, y'all would have gotten the best of them, in my opinion. But let's talk well, about the Austin game. This is another bitter rivalry, Austin and Travis. And I know it's been really historically dominated by Travis. I, I, I'm i sure it's very few, maybe one or two times Austin, if ever, have, has gotten that win. I know when my brother was there, they, they got the sweep. Um, what was it like, you know, for you in that first game, oh, yeah, that, first ever game? That, that game? that game was so – it was so personal because – so, you know, like our coaches would always do this thing where they put like a little, uh, a little tape together. Yeah. And they'd show us like a little highlight tape like during the week or sometimes they'd show it to us like in the locker room before, you know, going out to the field. Yeah. And I just I just remember they put together a highlight tape and it's a video of Daniel Rocket. And like at yeah. the end of the video, they like slow the cut down and it's like Daniel Rocket saying uh, it's like the, it, he's getting interviewed the week before they play us like wow. after the game. Yeah, he was like telling the reporter, "Yeah, this is the quarterback at Austin for people. Daniel Rockets, the quarterback at Austin. In case you don't, yeah, go ahead." So he goes, you know, and his his the clip that they slowed down was him saying, "We're just gonna win out. We're just gonna win out." And they like looped it a couple of times, and it's just look at the remix skills. Whichever coach that was (laughs) chopping it up. So it was like everybody, everybody got hyped up. Everybody got intense. And then for me, Coach Roberson, he was on me all week. Yeah, because if you don't, if you knew anything about that Austin team, they had a kid named uh, uh, Ben Hughes, Hughes, who was SMU one of the yeah. highest, one of the highest rated centers Center. in the state yeah. um, at the time. So he was like, "Oh man, Ben Hughes is gonna give you that word." You, yeah. you, he said, "He said you can't do anything against him." So I, it was a personal game for me because I was like, "Oh, these guys going to SMU? Okay, I'm gonna show y'all." Yeah. What's up, man? Sure enough, I, I I think I had a really good game that week. Oh man, great! So great memories, man. So you're able. You, I, I really wish you could have played that Bush game, and I'm I'm glad y'all were able to to take it to Austin. You know, the new kids just really had an awesome year. You guys, you guys were legit. I remember I remember going into your game and thinking like, hey, they I know they're really good on JV, but this varsity football, you know, maybe who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. You you left no doubt, man. A- incredible team, incredible team. So kudos to all y'all, uh, to Coach Cunningham, Coach Roberson. You know, uh, Coach Rich, Coach Farmer, all those guys. I know, and Coach Farmer has been a big influence on my brother. You know, playing O line after that and those years to come. But great, uh, great, great time there at Travis High School. And then after that, 
you take your talents uh, down into the valley or heading down down south uh, to Texas A&M Kingsville. You become a Javelina. You you were fortunate enough there to be a captain for two years, and you were also on the All-American and All-Decade team. What a career. And, I mean, again, zero surprises. And I think that maybe there is something to what you're saying about playing that one year of varsity because, in my opinion, what I saw – I don't see why you're not going to SMU or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you, you uh-huh. seem to me like a power five player from what I witnessed as an opposing coach. And so, and this is not throwing any kind of shade at a and Kingsville. One of my outside backers, Justin Jackson also went down there and had a, or excuse me, he went to Angelo States, but you know, in that same conference had a great career. So it's great football down there, but you know, I, I you, you were something else, man. So it's no surprise to me at all that you had such a decorated career uh, down there at Kingsville, but just, Talk to us about what was it like? I mean, did you did you have other offers, or were you, or did you know from the beginning you're, you're going to be a Javelina? So I actually didn't go to. That wasn't my first school that I went to. Oh, I really? Okay. To, uh, I actually went to uh, Harding University in Arkansas. Okay. Another Division two school. Yeah. Um. So and then I had also had offers from Abilene Christian. Yep. Um, and then a couple other D two schools, and then a lot of the D ones they loved the film, but because of not playing varsity junior they didn't know who I was so right. I had a lot of preferred why well, hey come walk on sure ideal but you know you know as a kid you know looking back some you think maybe I should have maybe should have tried it but then you know as a kid you're like oh, I want that I want somebody to offer this college sure so you know it, it, it I played in a I played in the Space City all-star game I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they do it anymore but that year they did one it was at the Berry Center Okay. Uh, so I had the opportunity to play in that, and our coaches for that were the Morton Ranch coaches, and that was our first game. And I just remember I get there, and one of the coaches was like, "Oh, you were '99." Oh, that Travis, that and we couldn't block you at all. Mm-hmm. I had two sacks that game, and and some other stuff. And it was like, man, this like we we spent the whole like night like, hey, we got to get this guy blocked like this and that. Um, so he then he asked me, he said, "Where are you going?" And I said, "I." You know, I, I, right now I don't have nothing. You know, I'm just getting ready for, you know, I'm in the middle of baseball season. Baseball season just started up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he's like, oh, give me your tape. Um, send it out. Some people. So he sent it out. And then next thing I know, like the next week, the Harding coaches were calling me and this and that. So I ended up going to Harding um, out of high school. And it was a different experience, you know, a little bit further from home. Yeah, kinda, sure. Wasn't, you know, didn't know what to expect i hadn't really gone out there and visited so you know something happened and you know you know miscommunications between coaches and myself and parents yeah so that's a whole nother uh sure podcast. for sure <laughs> um so then and, and anyway like i ended up transferring come back to kingsville and coach uh atterbury at the time he was our head coach he was like yeah we got money for you come on we'll, we'll, we'll come on out so in hindsight, I wish I would have went to Kingsville out of high school because sure. I missed the conference championship ring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's getting their conference championship ring that spring, and I'm sitting there watching the, the football team get their get their ring. So, um, but no, it was it was a special place, man. I mean, like so many, so many NFL Hall of Famers had gone through there. So many, mm-hmm. so much NFL talent, man. John Randall, you you ain't that different than John Randall. I could see, I see some parallel. You're bigger than him too. <laughs> so it, I mean, it was it, it just so many great players, and you just walk in there, and so to just be like to walk into the building, or we call it McCully Hall, and it's kind of where mm-hmm. they got all the pictures of you know, the All American players, and then Johnny Bailey's got his three Harlan Hill trophies, which is the D two Heisman. He's got three of them, like three years in a row. 
Yeah. And he won that trophy. And, and just to walk in there and then to see your picture on that wall with those guys and, and it's going to be there forever, it's just, it's kind of awesome. So, you know, I was able, fortunate to be a captain my junior and senior year. You know, I was uh, All American, I was academic All American as well. And then uh, a couple of years ago, they came out with the All Decade team. And I was fortunate enough to be the defensive tackle selected on the All Decade team. So, wow. What, what an honor. And again, this is a score, John Randall, who is one of my favorite all the Minnesota his time of the Vikings, man. I loved him. I love undersized defensive tackles that have motors. I mean, that, that that's kind of my favorite thing, man. Aaron Donald, John Randall, yourself, you know, I mean, I just love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to skip through. I was going to ask you this later, but coach Sniffen talked about one of his players in his episode was Dennis Osagade who ended up going to UMass was his first, his first stop out of that was the best offer. And coach Sniffen get, would get so angry and he, on his, and this is coach Sniffen's quote, not mine, but he said, these college coaches are the dumbest people in America. He said they, they're so worried that he's two inches too short and they're not seeing that this is a ball player, you know, and now he's ended up, now he's, he's graduating. He's going to go to Liberty and he's going to continue to play, but I, I believe Liberty. And do you have a, you know, it's in, you know, you, you lived it, in my opinion. You know, you were a guy that just based on ability and being able to get it done on the field, you could definitely get it done for whatever reason, whether it's height or not playing the junior year or what. You, you didn't get the offers that I felt you should be getting. So when when you coach kids that have a similar deal or maybe the coaches think that they're too short, you know, especially the too short thing, what, what do you tell a young man going through that? Well, what's, what's your advice now that you're in a coaching role? So, uh, you know, going through that was, you know, it was, it was an experience because, you know, you get those you get those comments like I, I literally had, I was on the phone with Baylor, you know, this is a time when Baylor wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. wasn't Baylor. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I'm on the phone with that one of their coaches and he's like, you know, hey, we love your film mm -hmm. and you know, you're out there making plays mm -hmm. and we're just looking for defensive tackles at about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, mm -hmm. And I just remember being on the phone and saying, well, I, I, I remember saying it. I was like, that 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guy's not going to outwork me. I'm yep. so just like, so, you know, I kind of, you know, I've heard it, you know, my whole career is like, oh, you're not tall enough. Like, you know, but yet I'm still making plays. Like, I'm going yeah. against that 6'3", six, 6'4", six, offensive lineman, and he can't block me. I'm making plays. So, exactly. you know, I heard it my whole career. So, so now, you know, like, when I see those defensive linemen, and, and you know, I've, 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 since in my coaching career, I've never had, like, that dominant 6'2", six, 6'3", Mm -hmm. 280 plus pound defensive lineman. Like I've always had, you know, more undersized guys. So, yeah. oh, I like to, you know, try to push them. You know, it, especially the the ones that 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 I know are special and can play. Like I try to, I try to talk them up and try to try to, yeah. you know, push them and sell them and, and on the things that they can do. And then I try to motivate those kids to be like, hey, like just use that as motivation because that's what I did. I use that as a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, that's that's probably why I had the career I had at Kingsville. Like, I wanted to prove to everybody, like, hey, like, I can get out here and I can play with the best of them. Mm -hmm. And the Lone Star Conference was, you know, some really good football. We oh, absolutely. Had, we played against a ton of D1 bounce backs. And yep. Of, you know, my, going into my sophomore year, everybody was telling me, oh, you're not going to start, you're going to start, because we, we had a transfer from Texas Tech. Yep. You know, 6'4", Bobby Hampton, he's a big old, big old defensive tackle that transferred from Texas. Game one came, he was my backup, and I was starting. So there you go. I, you know, I just, I just like to tell those kids like, don't let no, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Like 
it's it, it's it's possible. There was a place that will take you, and there's a place that will allow you to play and show your talents. So um, that's just my you know spiel. And, and I tell kids all the time, I'm like, I right, guys, I had the I had the I got the opportunity. I signed after Kingsville. I went and played on a D two All Star game. I was defensive MVP of the game. Yeah. Then after the game, I get a call from a, from an agent and just some random, and I'm like, I don't even know who this guy was. His name was Aaron Green. Uh, his brother, his brother was uh, I think what's his name. His brother played D line for the Patriots. Uh, last name Green. I can't okay. remember what's his first name. But you know, they're a football family, and he was a he was an agent for Elias Sports Agency. So he called me and he's like, man, like, uh, you know, you saw he got defensive MVP in the All Star game, and you know, I had 77 tackles senior year at Kingsville. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> and so he was just like, you know, you have a motor and this and that. So he, he's like, we wanted to represent you. So you know, I have a, you know, I, I have Frank here in the office, like NFL, PA, you know, contract with an agent. And, and also I show that to kids sometimes. Like, hey, I, I'm not lying to you. Like, I yeah. got it right there. Like, you know, so just, you know, th- things didn't work out and then end up, get, you know, getting into coaching. So, uh, yeah, I try to tell those guys like just stay, stay focused, work hard, and put that chip on your shoulder um, because somebody out there is going to see your value and they're gonna, they're gonna bring you in. Hey, man, and you know I, I love everything that you said, and I don't know. My one bugaboo is the height thing. You know, I, I, some, I mean, to, to a certain extent, I can understand forty time and some of some of those kinds of measures, but height, because the thing is, like, you weren't you weren't really undersized. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just was a height issue. I mean, it's not, you know, I think sometimes we made it sound like you're too small, Like you're not a small guy. I mean, you're, you have incredibly powerful base. You're incredibly strong. You're incredibly fast and quick and all that stuff. So I just, I just think height. Yes, there are certain advantages to height. There are certain advantages, but they can also be disadvantages. They can slow you down and limit your quickness and mobility and things of that nature. So anyhow, we could talk about that all night, Zane. At the end of the day, Everywhere you went, you became a captain, an all-district, an all-American, an MVP of an all-star. Everywhere you went, you produced. So that that's the most important thing. And I think people, the game's evolved. They're understanding that now, that Aaron Donald just produces, right? So unfortunately, you just were a little couple years too early, my man. Well, the, 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 the funny thing about that is me and Aaron Donald came out the same year. Is that so? Okay. I did not. Wow. And Very cool. Because, because my agent used that after the draft when he was talking to teams, Four or five defensive tackles that year got drafted that were six foot or just above six foot, and they were. And then their 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 comment, their rebuttal to his question was, "Well, they came from bigger schools." So then they threw that, "Oh, he came from bigger schools." So yeah, so yeah, me and Aaron Donald came out the same year I came out. That's awesome, man. And so then, and then you know, the question I have for you is, you you were pursuing a pro career there for a little bit, but I'm curious you probably were at least starting to think about what do I do if let's say I make it to the NFL, but what do I do after you? I'm sure you were, you know, you were an academic all American as well. Right. Or, you know, and so you were thinking about that. I'm sure I've been polling my guests, man, only seven, only 28% of my guests who are the best coaches in the state, the country, only 28% of them stepped onto the college campus knowing they were going to coach. I, I find that astonishing. I find that really cool that so many of my coaches thought they entered college thinking they were going to do something else. And so the reason I always bring that up is it just shows it's never too late to get into coaching. But I'm curious for you, Zane, did you, when you stepped onto campus down there in Kingsville, did, did you know you were going to coach or, or were you thinking you could do some other career after football? So 
I would say yes and no. So I wasn't necessarily coach, like coach football. Yeah. But I my my degree is in exercise science. So okay. I was trying to go the strength. I was trying to go. I wanted to go the strength and conditioning route. You know, oh, I see. Strength okay. Coach, like, yeah. Like uh, you know, help athletes like on that side of like strength training, performance training. So I guess kind of so coaching, but like it was more so like that. That aspect of it is what I was originally wanting to get into, and then you know, probably my senior year, uh, I just you know I was like, man, I just you know football. I want I, I want to stay around it. I want to you know do do that. And so and I went and did a little bit of arena ball and had a few tryouts here and there with CFL teams and stuff. And then my college coach called me and said, Hey, want you come be a GA um, down here in Kingsville, a GA coach for D-line. So I took that and then that's how I got into coaching. And so after that first GA spot at Kingsville, you, you stayed in the Houston area or you came back to the Houston area to begin your high school coaching career. You're at Stafford, which is right there, right, right butted up against Fort Bend County. Uh, you were at uh, Stafford from 15 and 16, and then you were two years at Beeville. So let's just, let's kind of start there as far as your initial journey in, into football. How, how did, how did that, how did those first couple of years at Stafford and Beeville go for you? So Stafford, I got in my, got in the door at Stafford because Andre Roberson was the uh, middle school principal okay, at Stafford yeah. at the time. So kind of got my foot in the door with him being there. Uh, so I coached middle school football, uh, middle school basketball, and then I assisted with the varsity football, of course, because, you know, being those one, that one school town type deal, we always help with the varsity. So I, you know, I kind of cut my teeth, uh, you know, filming at first. And it, 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 this, this is going to be, this is a story I always tell everybody. It's kind of how it happened for me. So I'm, I, I get there and, you know, you, you're brand new out of school and you're, you're, you know, middle school coach. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm trying to pay my dues. Well, you get to the varsity and it's like, you're standing up on the game and all I'm doing is this, I'm filming. Sure, sure. So I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is not it. I'm sitting there like, is this coaching? Yeah. I, sure. I was like, what is this? Um, so I did that for, oh, shoot, I was filming for like the first four or five games. And then we played El Campo in a big district game. And the defensive coordinator, uh, the DB coach who was in the box, he had a wedding to go to that week. And he had already, you know, the head coach already knew about it mm -hmm. before the season even started. So, he was gone that week, so he was like, "Hey, I need you to go in the box and uh, uh, do the 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 data uh, yeah. chart and stuff." And I was like, "Okay," so I go up there. Well, the two guys that were on the headsets were the head baseball coach, who uh, Michael Mesa, you know, rest 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 in soul uh, to Michael Mesa. He passed away mm -hmm. uh, that year I was there at at Stafford. It was a crazy situation. But um, he was on the headsets, and then uh, our defense, our defensive line coach, who's an older gentleman, he was on the headsets. And so then El Camp was gassing us for this play right before halftime. Mm -hmm. So I kind of pick it up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, is anybody going to say anything? And so I'm just doing my charting thing. Mm -hmm. And so we come back after halftime. I'm like, I'm going to see if they're keep running this play. Sure enough, they came out our series kept running this mm -hmm. play. So I was like, I look at I look at one of the coaches, and I was like, Some, give me the headset. Like, somebody, please give me the headset. So they took it off, gave it to me, and I get on there, and I'm talking to Coach Savannah, who's now the head coach. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I know. He's the coach Savannah. Yeah. So I was like, Coach Savannah, like, hey, they're taking the offensive guard and tackle. They're switching them, and they're wrapping that guy back inside. So the guard was moving the tackle. The tackle was moving the guard. He's blocking out, and he's wrapping inside. Yeah. And they were just gassing us. So Coach Savannah's like, okay, draws it on the board. They they shut it down. They stopped running the play. Yeah. We end up winning the game in overtime. 
So I just remember coming down from the box and then Coach Cannon comes over and gives me a big old hug. And he was like, he was like, thank you so much. Like, I, you know, I appreciate that, that, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then the next Monday, Coach Ron Counter, who's the head coach at the time, he's now at uh, Morton Ranch. Ranch. Yeah, Great he, guy. He brought, Love Coach Counter. He brought me, he brought me into the office. He was like, hey, like, Coach Savannah said that she did a, did a really good job in the box yeah. uh, at the game. I was like, yeah, yeah, sir, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, he wants you to stay there the rest of the season. Yeah. There so, you go. I got, my, I got myself on film duty, and I was coaching football. <laughs> <laughs> last uh half of the season that year and we we end up uh making it to the second round and uh we went 10 and 0 made the second round and lost uh Carthage uh yeah. second round that year and so you know that was kind of my you know welcome to hey here, here's coaching you know across Savannah and them they, they, they fought to try to get me on the the varsity staff but it kind of didn't work out so I end up looking around and my wife is from Goliad Texas which okay. is 20 20 25 minutes from Beeville. Yeah. So she saw Beeville old job opening and was like, hey, Beeville's looking for, you know, coaches. So I applied, went down there for an interview, and, and the head coach at the time was Jerry Bomar, um, Rhett Bomar's dad. Uh, if you know anything wow. about Rhett Bomar. Yeah. Uh, so his dad, that's his dad. Um, and so he offered me to be D-line coach and head powerlifting. So I go down there and I get to coach the D-line on varsity and and powerlifting coach, and my first year there, we we won state and boys and girls powerlifting. Um, we're state champs, so I got a nice little ring in the world for the uh, state championship powerlifting season. And uh, so we won; we were district champs that year. So you know, first two years coaching, you know, you, you get a chance to be a district champion. Yeah. Um, and in our third year, we missed the playoffs by one game, and then you know, I start kind of you know prepping myself and looking at some, you know, defensive coordinator opportunities. Sure. Lo and behold, uh, Willow Ridge High School was – There it is. Defensive coordinator. And I had I hadn't met with Coach Laz before when I was trying to get into coaching. And, you know, we kind of hit it off. And so when I reached out to him, he kind of remembered me. And he's like, you know, put your name in, resume, and we'll set something up. So uh, we ended up, you know, having an opportunity to interview with him and, it was all. It was awesome, man. And then got to get the job there, and came back to Houston, and you know worked for a great. He's a great head coach. Yep. Just the way that he runs the program and the organization. I learned so much about being organized, and structure, and you know having things in place and being you know, systematic in everything you do. Uh, I learned a ton from him in that, that aspect. Coach Laz. I totally agree with you. He's a good friend of mine, you know, and uh, he actually, my, my, my senior year was his first year coaching at Austin. So we kind of go way back to that. He was like a freshman coach, my senior year at Austin. And then eventually, you know, he gets on at Willow Ridge. And so we're, we play Willow Ridge in district and, you know, Willow Ridge has a very rich history. Oh boy. In the nineties, them and Aldine were going at it and Thurman Thomas and getting to state, you know, and, Oh gosh, Alan Aldridge, the head coach of Bush now is, is a Willow Ridge grad. There's so many, uh, Stephen Dixon, the Heights head coach. I mean, I go on and on and on and on of all these great athletes from Willow Ridge basketball side, you know, TJ Ford and Daniel Ewing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, by the time that I was coaching, there was starting to be a little decline. Maybe when you were playing too, you could start seeing Willow Ridge, you know, starting to decline. Even when I was in high school, starting to see that decline, you know, uh, my senior at Austin, we were able to beat Willow Ridge. They killed us my junior year. So I think that's kind of when it really started. But anyhow, um, 
what ended up happening was over the years, there was a lot of coaching turnover in the head coach position at Willow Ridge, you know, just a new guy, new guy, new guy. And what, what coach Laz was able to do was he was one of the, the few during that time period to just really stick it out. And I don't know how many years he went, but I'm, I'm sure it's six, seven years. It, it felt like that, you know, that he was there, you know, and he had some rough times. I remember playing against them when I was at Ridgepoint and there was a game where we, I think we shut him out. You know, it was just a very one-sided game. And I remember him telling me later on, like that night, it just was a miserable night for them. There was some parent that was extremely upset and it kind of led to a big confrontation at the field house. And just, I just really felt for him in that moment. And I, I worried that, you know, is he, is he going to just have to, is he going to leave the program, you know, and, and move forward and try something else? Cause, cause it's, it was just so difficult at that time, but he kept going and he kept getting up and answering that bell, like a good prize fighter, man. And he just kept going and they got, better and better and better you could see it all those kids needed was just some consistency and some love and he was getting it going and bringing in good coaches good young guys you know like yourself and um just just several others you know that some kids that you know they brought from austin his time at austin there's he's getting this good group in there and it all culminated in a huge playoff win against waltrip and i think this was the year before you got there i believe was the year that they won two years before. Okay. So they, they win this huge game. It's the first time in so many years that the community came out and supported and it just was really cool, man. And then I know once you got there again, we'll talk about that season when you were there. It's another great season, but I, I remember going in the off seasons and I go, I wanted to say hi to coach and I'd watch your off season. I just, the energy in there, man, it was something to behold. Like I had seen Willow Ridge at its lowest point when I was coaching and to see it now. And these kids, flying around the weight room and going outside and flying through their, you know, their, their drills. And, you know, if I remember there was one time where one kid showed up like five seconds late and you had all them doing up downs, you had them all them doing up downs, the weight room. Here's the thing that coaches know when, when you're doing up downs, there's always going to be a couple kids dragging, you know, pouting, going slow, trying to dog it. I watched that every single kid did up downs as hard as they possibly could for that entire time. I was like, Oh my God, they, they've got this turned around. So I just wanted you to talk about from your perspective, you had that great season, man. You went to the playoffs. You dropped a heartbreaker to Nederland, which is a great program, great small town, one horse town program. What was that season like for you in your season at Willow Ridge? Yeah, uh, that, that man, that was such a uh, special season. We, uh, you know, we were able to do some really good things and just getting the kids to buy in and believe that they can be winners. Because like you said, the two years, before, two years prior to that, they have won that playoff game. Well, yeah. then the next year they had a down year, and I right. think they only won like three games. Right. Um, and then the defense coordinator left, and I was right the opening one there. So, you know, I ended up uh, being able to get the job and then just getting there and just getting the kids to believe in and, and believe in themselves was the number one thing. And just to watch them grow each week. I mean, we got better and better every week as the season went on uh, defensively. Uh, and you could just see the kids believing in the system, uh, believing in each other. Um, you know, so, you know, we started off really good and then we, you know, had to play Marshall, the vaunted Buffaloes. And, you know, they had, uh, you know, uh, Devon Achan, who's at Texas A&M, yep. and they had yep. uh, Malik Hornsby, who was at, at Arkansas. Right. That's some dynamic, dynamic players. So they were tough, you know, and, you know, we did some good things against them and, you know, some not so good things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think our kids, you know, they, they, they knew that they were better. Um, and then after that, every week we continue to push the envelope and do better things and, and get better and better and, until we get to that playoff game. So we ended up winning seven games. And the community was excited. Everybody was fired up. So it was just an exciting time, man. And I was just so blessed and honored to be in that position. 
and work with such great guys there. And like uh, Coach uh, Nicholas Leonard, who was the OC, he was another, he was a young guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Christopher Wilson, who's an Austin graduate. That's Chris Wilson, yeah, uh, that's right. Yep. He's with me, he's with me at Side Springs right now. Really? Uh, uh, okay, that's awesome. He's coordinator over there. So, uh, so you know, just just meeting those guys and working with them and building those relationships with Bond and just like Coach Laz every day, just such a great guy to work for so humbling and, and 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 everything that he does so you just you just kind of learn from that and you take some of those and you just write them down like if i ever get the opportunity to be a head coach like i'm gonna do this like yeah. i like this i like that so it was just such a great season and like you said we get to that Nederland game man and it just we should have won that football game um and been in the second round yeah um just you know like right there at the end like literally right there at the end it's just kind of what we just it just slipped out of our hands and we 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 lost it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was such a great season um, that year. I was so thankful and blessed to have that opportunity. Because in that game against Marshall, was that was there was one year where Willeridge played Marshall extremely tight. Was that the year you were there, or was I it? Think maybe... I, think that was the, I think that was the year they beat Walter. I think it was that, that year. That, yeah, because that was like a mm -hmm. big deal. You know, because obviously Marshall was, uh, is incredible. So that would have been Cornelius Anthony, who's the high tower head coach. He was the DC at Willow Ridge that year. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So very cool. And so I, I always rooted for you guys. Just every because I got to see what was going on behind the scenes when I come watch off season. And so I totally agree with everything you said. But then the, the next chapter, I know you did. You, did, you went back to Beeville uh, for a time. You know, obviously, I know you you enjoyed your time there. But I really want to talk about the Cy Springs portion because your head coach, OG Fagan. This is a guy that I've just admired for such a long time. We we were competitors, you know, and uh, you know I was a defensive coordinator. He was an offensive coordinator. We played each other, and so we we were competitors, but we were very uh, friendly with each other. You know, we we really uh, enjoyed each other's company. And then once I left, co once I left for Aldine and then got out of coaching, I, I did some broadcasting in Fort Bend, and I was really able to watch him as a broadcaster now, uh, doing his job as offensive coordinator at Marshall, and it. I really liked it better being a broadcaster rather than having a game plan to stop them. So it was much, much less stressful, much more fun for me to just sit there with my microphone and tell the fans what I saw him doing. And he was just so good at it. I loved, I loved the way that he set up his offense and he just had this knack. He has this knack for knowing when's the right time to unveil like a trick play. I've, I saw him do it several times in big games, like at that big Huntsville game that we did one year. I mean, he just, he just always had that ability to just know when the right moment was and he was masterful at it. And so he and I, like there were many years where I, he was ready to be a head coach and for whatever reason, you know, it could be a separate podcast. You know, we, he didn't, he didn't get those opportunities and we would always meet in the press box or when he was out scouting and I was calling a game, we would talk and just catch up and just, you know, I just tell him coaches, you know, keep going, you know, you're, you're, I know you're gonna get that shot. And boy, I'm so happy that he, that he, it worked out and he's in, he's in an a district that really values athletics. Like going to that Barry center. Oh my, oh my, or CFFCU stadium, excuse me. Just incredible, incredible level of, of facilities that are out there at Cyprus, you know, Ray Zapata is a great athletic director, uh, former Galena park head coach. You know, he was the head coach. My wife was coaching at Galena park. So just, it's really all come full circle for me, but you take over it. He takes over at Cy Springs and, you know, I, I did call a Cy Springs game, actually, when I was doing broadcasting, and they went one and nine uh, in 2020, you know, the year before he got there. So, you know, it was a difficult kind of a rebuild program. There was definitely talent there, but there, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. They bring in Coach Fagan. What, 
how did how did you get connected? How, how did you and Coach Fagan connect for you to come in to be his defensive coordinator? So obviously we kind of you know knew each other a little bit from my time coaching at Willow Ridge and playing mm-hmm. them. Um, but it was really you know kind of uh, Coach Wilson. Um, okay. You know, Coach Franklin, you know, was going to bring, and he brought Coach Wilson with him to Side Springs, and he was asking him and, and saying, hey, you have any, you know, anybody that's a, a, a candidate, a quality candidate for defensive coordinator? And, you know, Coach Wilson, you know, kept telling them, like, hey, if, if I had a head coach's spot, I'm going to, I'm going to hire Coach Brown. Um, you know, yep. he, the things he did at Willow Ridge and, and the way he was able to connect with the kids and, and take those type of kids and get them to believe and, and, and win games. Um, so, he, you know, he kind of pushed my name at Coach Fagan and we ended up, you know, connecting and, and, uh, and doing an interview and, and went through the interview process with him. And, and he kind of, you know, after that, did a couple more interviews and then called me and said, hey, you kind of stood out above, you know, everybody else. He just he said he loved the way I was able to articulate the defense and teach it to him in just the hour that we talked. Um, so he was like, man, I know that, that you're, you'll be able to teach it to kids. Um, so, you know, he, he offered me the job and, you know, I, I, I humbly accepted it because, you know, I know I like, like you, I've, you know, heard and known so many great things about coach Fagan and, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody speaks so highly of him. So just getting the opportunity to come here and be a part of this and, and get to learn from him, you know, just in this one year, I've learned so much just from, from coach Fagan about, you know, offenses and, and what they're trying to do and how they're trying to attack you and what they, what they're, what they're looking at. Um, so that, you know, that's helped me grow as a defensive coach. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited, you know, for, for what y'all are, are starting there and, you know, it, it's a competitive district. It's, it's an incredibly difficult district, just chalked full of, of sci-fair schools that all are competing at a high level, you know, but what, how do you, how, how has been your experience? You know, so you are obviously excited to get to work with coach Fagan after everything you echoed, everything, you know, that I felt, what, what's it been like now that you have boots on the ground? you know, and you've, you've made it through your first season or what's, what's it been like, you know, w- with your new program and with coach Fagan? Yeah. So, you know, you know, we, obviously the season didn't go the way we, we, we kind of wanted it. You know, we went two and eight. So, you know, but we were in so many games. Yes. Um, so, you know, it was just about getting our kids to understand how to fight through adversity, how to finish, how to finish games, how to, how to compete. Um, so the off season was big in that, man. We did boot camp and we were able to uh, introduce them to core values and the culture and, you know, one of the big core values we talk about that Coach Fagan pushes is is uh, we 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 say DDT. Um, DDT stands for do right, do your very best, and treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So those are three core values. You know that that's that core value that we're pushing on the kids and getting them to understand um, every single day. So you know they the, the kids had a really good off season, and then really we you know when you turn that tape on, you watch some of the things that we did in spring ball. You can see like hey, these kids are starting to. These kids are starting to get it. They're starting to figure it out. Like they're believing. They're they're getting. They've gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I I was fortunate enough to be able to run the weight room, and so you know, a lot of things we've doing to get these kids stronger. It's it's been it's been it's been awesome to watch them grow, man. Um, all the way through the offseason and into into where we're at now. And then you know, we went through the seven on seven circuit, and and you know, we were able to do some really good things with seven on seven. You can see our skilled guys you know, really making plays and stepping up. And so, you know, I think you, there, there's there's some buzz that's out there right now about the possibilities, but, you know, we're just staying hungry and humble and we're just working one day at a time to make sure we um, get to where we want to go. Yeah, man, talking about those gains, I got some team player alums that can still throw some steel around the weight room, man. 
uh, Sergio Gonzalez, you know, one of my team player alums, head coach at Rayburn. He he's a bench guy. He can, I, he's pushing, I don't know, four plates probably <laughs> on bench. And then I've, I saw that video of you, I think it was a three fifteen on power clean. So you, you know, you, you're more of the Olympic lift type, <laughs> you know, but you're still, you're still getting it done, man. I'm, I'm 38 years old now, but those days are behind me. I do, I do have a weight room in my garage. I do lift, but it, mine is more just, I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stay, you know, stay fit. But I always love it when I see my brothers throwing that, throwing so that iron kids, around, man. So love it. the kids love it when I get in the weight room with them, and and, and they like sometimes they like seeing the the eye popping weight on the bar. Sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, so, absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of fun. Absolutely. Now, just some fun facts. You know, like you said, education is important to you. You did graduate magna cum laude for college. Um, you know, you also, you mentioned getting to play in that all-star game. I'm, I'm just curious. You talk about the first of Travis. Did you get to be in that, uh, GHFCH say no to drugs poster? Uh, no. So I, I don't even remember who. Maybe I they didn't. Know, I, it, no, I think, Denzel, I think they sent Denzel Billy. Denzel I think they sent Denzel Billy. Yeah. I think Denzel Billy was the one that went. Oh, man. So, but yeah, man, I had, I, I, I just remember coach Cunningham calling me. He was like, Hey, uh, uh, you want to play in the volleyball? I was like, what's that? And, he's like, what's that? and back then it was Texas versus Louisiana. It oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when it was still Texas versus Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So that was that was uh, uh, really cool to be a part of. And, uh, you know, we went out to the base uh, over in Baytown, and we got mm-hmm. to be out there for a week. And then we had practices, and they took us to um, – Splash Town, uh, Yep. It took us to and we did a whole bunch of cool things with us. And then, you know, we ended up winning the game, obviously. Um, so that was a cool part, too. But it was just such a great experience playing with some of those really good uh, players in that game. I mean, Ben Hughes played in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like Philip Stewart from Hightower, and Colton Valencia, and, you know, some of those guys. So just getting in that opportunity to kind of play with some of them was, was pretty cool. And then speaking of brushes with, you know, fame and big name players, you know, you also, uh, in college, you, you played, uh, you got to play against Terry Bowden, who's Bobby Bowden's son. You're saying there in, at your college days and also Janoris Jenkins, uh, you know, long career in the NFL was on that team. And you also got to train with the legendary Pete Jenkins. And, you know, I, I had to Google this. I was I didn't, I wasn't familiar with coach Jenkins, but Oh my God, his resume, he's, he's revered as the greatest defensive line coach in the history of American football. He's mentored numerous NFL and college defensive line coaches, and is credited with revolutionizing the way the position is taught and coached. He spent a total of 22 seasons in the SEC and three in the National Football League. So, what was that experience like? Oh man, that was so. That was you know kind of after I got the whole agent deal. Um, my agent sent me to. Um, it used to be called CES Sports Performance uh-huh. um, over there on Kirby. I think it's called Athlete Performance now or something like that. The name has changed, but it's a little training facility. So I got to go out there every day uh for two months while i was training for my pro day and just getting to work with coach jenkins man like we'd go in the classroom and have an hour classroom session where he showed tape and drills yeah. and stuff and then we'd go to the field and we'd work the drills um and so while we're there working out with him i don't know how many nfl players came and worked out with us you know i, I got to meet muhammad wilkerson came through um uh, Michael Brockers, who was with the Rams at the time, I got to meet him. So just all these all these D linemen were coming to get training with Coach Jenkins. So it's awesome to see and the stories that he would tell us and things like that. So that was that was a really cool deal that I got to be a part of. 
Absolutely. And then, you know, as far as in, in high school, you know, you also, you, you, you came across some big name guys in middle school and high school, you got to play against Derek Carr, uh, you know, which, which we had talked about. Um, you also played against Niall Davis uh, from Marshall who, who did play in the NFL, the Raiders, I, be, I believe. Um, so, you know, what, what were those, what were those experiences like? Yeah. Well, Niall Davis actually played for the Chiefs. Remember he Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs. In that playoff, that, that one playoff game when the Texans, the Chiefs torched the Texans. Yeah. And yeah. So Niles Davis was part of that team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was, he was an electric player. Now we, we had the a for, a fortunate uh, distinction that he didn't play the game we played. Um, I think he was dealing with like a nagging injury or something. Yeah. So, cause I know in high school he dealt with some injuries before he got to Arkansas. But I mean, just you know, knowing him, knowing him, and just seeing some of the things like he was electric, like like that guy there could 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 take it. Absolutely. Now, as far as some of this, we're kind of getting towards the end of the show here. As far as some of your favorite teams, you said you grew up a big Cardinals fan, so I'm I'm rocking the Aussie Smith jersey for you, man. Our longtime listeners know I collect jerseys. That's my one hobby. It's the thing I waste my money on. Uh, but I love it. I got I got so many jerseys. So every guest, I got something to represent. So I've got, I've got the uh, Ozzy Smith for you. You said you loved watching Albert Pujols play. You said you know you, you want to talk about that a little bit. Your your cards fandom. Yeah, just being a just being a baseball guy. Like like I said, like earlier in the show, you know, I grew up playing baseball, and and so I was a big time baseball fan. And just you know that that was like you know Albert Pujols' prime and. You know, he was terrible Astros all the time. And, you know, the infamous uh Lidge Bridge came in through that slider and he hit it out of uh out of Minute Maid and it still hadn't come down. Um yeah. so just just watching how I, I just the Cardinals grew on me and and you know, being kind of from the Midwest a little bit, you know, from the Iowa Iowa, you know, some of my family members um Cardinals fans. So, you know, I just you know, kinda of always enjoyed watching the Cardinals play and you know, all my Houston buddies would give me give me heck like, oh you're they were in the same division as the sure. like, oh you're a Cardinals no fan central days. Like, yeah <laughs> yeah so um that was always that was always fun well it's better now that we're in the AOS so yeah you can root for the cards all all you want man and, and hopefully they can make a trip back to that'd be a fun world series cards Astros I think that'd be that'd be a great one and then you all said you root for the Texans during football season but it gets rough at times and we're we're, we're in it right now we're in the thick of one of the low points <laughs> things look like they're starting to turn around maybe a little bit but we'll, you know we'll see you also root for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, second big Seminoles fan, uh, the, the Peter Noonan episode. He's a big Florida State fan as well. But uh, you root for the Bucks and the Seminoles because your dad is a diehard fan. He said you, you mentioned he's from Jacksonville, uh, Florida. So why is he not a Jaguars fan? Is it just because they didn't exist till more recently? Or yeah, I, th- I think maybe it was that. I think he grew up watching the Bucks. Sure. Um, so yeah. you know, and, and he's been he's been diehard through thick and thin, like. Yeah, through the bad days, he remembers the when they had the ugly, um, creamsicle jersey, the, the cream orange. Sickle, like, I, I I have one of those. I was debating: should I wear my Ozzie Smith or should I wear my Hardy Nickerson, uh, orange Bucks jersey? And I I chose the baseball because he listed that first. But I I was this close to putting on that old orange for you, Coach. Yeah, so he he was you know he was he was die hard like he was he's brighter dies through the good the bad. And so when they finally won that first Super Bowl, like you, but his Detroit, his late man, and how excited he was when they won that first Super Bowl with Derrick Brooks and yeah. Warren Sapp and all those guys, it was, you know, it was fun to watch those playoff games with him every week and see him jumping up and down, you know, rooting for those Bucks. And then, and then the Seminoles, man, like it seems like every, you know, when I was growing up, every Labor Day, Miami and Florida State would play. Yeah. And so we were, 
you know, the, every Monday night at Labor Day, yeah. we're watching the Florida State Miami game. He's barbecuing. We're, yeah. you know, it was it was big time stuff. So, oh man, that's awesome. That that's the way to grow up, man. And we're we're about to go back and, and relive some of that nostalgia. I got some tough start bench cuts for you. All right, Start Bench Cuts is brought to us by our good friends at MVP Marketing Group, a turnkey marketing solution for schools. Uh, longtime Denton Ryan head football coach and current AD Joey Florence uh, is, is a customer, and his testimonial is on the website there. Basically what they do is if you're looking for companies to sponsor your athletic program, that's where Mike Vogelar, the CEO, can help you out. He can put together a package. He can approach these companies and, and get them to, to partner with you to generate revenue for the program. So if, if you're interested, give Mike a call. His contact info is in the show notes. Tell him Coach Kovo sent you, and if you like what you hear, he's going to give you a team player podcast discount. All right, here we go. It's time. We're going to go ahead and start with a Redbirds edition here. Start, bench, cut. You got to start one. You got to bench one. And you got to cut one. Ozzie Smith from my childhood, the wizard. Mark McGuire. All of us remember that incredible showdown of Sammy Sosa that one summer and just re really saving the game of baseball. And your guy, Albert Pujols. So I'm giving you three Cardinals legends. You got to start one. You got to bench one. You got to cut one. Ozzie Smith, Mark McGuire, Albert Pujols. Some people got me mad. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go with my guy, Albert. I'm going to start him. That's uh, my guy. I grew up watching him. And then I'm going to bench I'm gonna bench Mark McGuire. I, just, I remember watching that season. Him and Sammy Sosa going back and forth. And, you know, Ozzie is a legend. I, I don't really remember too much, you sure. know, watching okay. Ozzie. Ozzie knew some plays. So um, I'm going to go with Art Albert. Bench, bench, uh, Mark McGuire cut Ozzy. Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. I think if you would have seen him play, coach, because he was just a, a magician, incredibly good fielding. I don't remember if he was shortstop or second base, I think. But anyhow, and he was an acrobat. After he'd make plays, he would do like backflips to celebrate. Like, you can YouTube it, man. Ozzy Smith was something else, but you can't go wrong with what you selected. Obviously, Pujols probably the best Cardinal ever. And many would argue that. And Mark McGuire, it's just, that's a special moment in history that all of us, you know, will remember. So I, I don't blame you there. So gave you a really tough one. Let's go to a Buccos Bigs edition. I'm going to start with my, my favorite player, Hardy Nickerson. He was the man in the middle uh, when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know if it's maybe too old for, for your memories, but maybe you remember Hardy Nickerson, number 56. Derek Brooks, your guy who you mentioned, Derek Brooks there, uh, the weak side linebacker in that Bucks Super Bowl team, and then Warren Sapp. Kind of like you, honestly, <laughs> kind of just dominate in the middle again. So I, I think I know which way you might go here, but let's do a start bench cut, two linebackers and one D tackle. Hardy Nickerson, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. I'm going to keep my love on the D-line, man. That guy was special. I emulated a lot of stuff on him. I wore 99 because of him. Um, so I'm going to roll with Warren Sapp. Love, Warren Sapp it. love it, love it, love it. Hall of Famer, man, I'm going to roll with my man Derek Brooks. I've never seen a middle linebacker run that pole in Tampa two. Mm -hmm. Um, they were able to run that Tampa two coverage, and he's able to run the pole and yeah. to keep up with guys. So, um, we'll start uh, Warren Sapp and uh, Derek Brooks. Man, we'll Did, that is that what? So Derek was in the middle, huh? I think maybe when Hardy Nickerson left, maybe they. I could have sworn he started from like the weak side spot, but you're you're right. I guess he he was running. But, yeah, he was. He, he kind of made the whole Tampa two famous. And yeah, he was the he was that guy that would always run the middle yep. pole. Yeah, Tampa two would be able to get those interceptions. So yeah, no, I love it, love it. I, I agree with you. I, th I think you went the right way there. I love Hardy Nickerson just from nostalgia, but I'm with it. I think Derek Brooks was a better player, so I think you made you made the right choice there. And then again, I know the positions are a little bit different here, but let's go on the offensive side of the ball. This name just Mike Allstott. 
Like that's what I remember uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Berman, you know, the highlights of the game going, <laughs> you know, when Allstott was running, you know, so we got Mike Allstott. Um, let's go Rondé Barber. Again, it's a little wonky offense and defense. But I'm just giving you some skill guys here. Rondé Barber, another guy that made that Tampa two defense go. And he played 16 years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his entire career. And the last guy, another guy, just nostalgia for me, John Lynch, just a, a heavy hitting type of safety now he's a general manager of the san francisco 49ers but let's let's do that so it's kind of a weird one but you we're just having fun here start bench cut mike allstott ronde barber john lynch i, I think i'm gonna go just because you know back then that style of football was just like hey we're pounding you we're yeah we're, we're coming after you i think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna go start john lynch because that love it yeah it's like just watching him come down here and, and Guys go across the middle, back you know, the football rules were a little bit different back then. Yeah, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bench Mike Allstott, okay, because um, that dude was a load. Um, yes, I mean you see him do things. You go watch that. I show kids highlight tape of him sometimes. They're like, who's Mike Allstott? Show him the highlight tape. I'm like, this dude was a fullback doing that. You know, so um, and then Rondé and his all right. I mean, he was such a great player as well too. You know, that home the bug and everything. So that's a tough one, but I, I'll go. I'll go uh, start Lynch, set Mike on five, and then come up. That's a tough one. You, you know, you, you can't go right – or can't go wrong, can't go right either, <laughs> either way you go at it. But I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, kids these days – yeah, the fullbacks still exist, but it's nowhere near the same. It's just nowhere near the same, man. Like back in that day of like Moose Johnston and Mike Allstott, like people knew who the fullbacks were. They had identities. You know, and so it's just, it's a little bit different now. The fullback is definitely kind of, it's dying. I love those Twitter accounts of like, you know, bring back the fullback or save the fullback. You know, there's some funny ones out there on, on football Twitter, but oh, coach, man, we braved a couple technical difficulties. I apologize for my internet connection. So any fans listening, I'm sorry if this is not our, our best production. It just sometimes that happens. You know, again, we're not the biggest, I don't have the fancy equipment or anything. I just do this over Zoom. But I mean, this was a great episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did talking to Zane Brown, give us that five-star review. Help us move up the charts. Help more people tell these stories. You can follow me on Twitter. Please give me a follow. I'm the host of James Kovaleski. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo, Coach underscore K-O-V-O. If you're loving this team player life like I am, send. let us know about it. Shoot me a message on Twitter or email me at teamplayerpodcastgmail.com. We lift up our own inside of here. We're building our own little community of positivity and like-minded people. So if you know somebody that should be on the show, contact me. I will respond, and we will probably get it set up for you. So please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Um, as always, the cover art and music for the Team Player Podcast is provided by two of my former players. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr, and our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self-titled debut album. You can find all his. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. Was Midwestern State in your conference? In Wichita Falls? A uh, Avrion, his real name is Dominique Williams. He was a corner at, at Clements High School. You remember Dominique? You know Dominique? So, you know him. Okay. Wow, small world. So, Avrion is really Dominique Williams, but now, you know, Avrion is, is his rap name. Uh, but he was an All-American punt returner. And I know for sure the punt return side, uh, maybe even his corner, uh, at least all conference, but he was an awesome player for us at Clements continued on midwestern state so that's awesome you guys know how, how do you know each other uh i, I want to say we crossed paths uh, for a year or two maybe uh maybe a year uh playing and then okay. uh, ricardo went ricardo went to, uh, that's midwestern. ricardo riascos also went there so man 
great job by that coaching staff bringing DBs from four from twenty six A, you know, into that into that team because Re- Ricardo Riascos, I remember him from my brother's teams. That dude, that dude was was awesome. So great memories of Riascos. But coach, this was so much fun, man. Taking a trip down memory lane with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. I just had a blast. So you know, I enjoyed it. So thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much to all the team players out there for your support, and we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough. <laughs>